Hey everyone, Kay here. Thanks for joining us for another episode of What Should We Watch with K&E. Before we hop into this episode, I just want to give everyone a heads up. You might have noticed the timer at the bottom of this episode is showing around... I, I don't know what the final is. Uh, I haven't finished editing quite yet, but it's going to be something around two hours long. So this is a longer episode. I want to apologize for that, but we're talking about Titanic. So come on. So There's... blame James Cameron. Yeah, blame James Cameron on this one. So we got a lot to cover, so we'll just hop right into it. Enjoy the episode. All right. Welcome back to another edition of K&E. Nope. <laughs> That's not right. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of What Should We Watch with Kay and E. I'm Kay. I'm still E. And we're going to sit down, watch ourselves a movie, and then enjoy it and talk about it. Well, we don't We don't necessarily have to enjoy it. Oh, that's, yeah, that's not a requirement. It's not a requirement. But oh. we'll definitely sit down and watch it. Mm-hmm. So we're not lying to you fine folks out there in the universe. And then we discuss it, debate it, quiz it. Do all the things. Well, not all the things, because that's not a acceptable radio medium. But anyway. Before we introduce our movie, let's go ahead and thank all of our listeners here, E. We want to thank you all so much for all your support. We have been piling up the downloads here, picking up some steam across social media here on mm-hmm. Twitter. We're actually almost at a thousand <gasps> followers, which is really cool. And we super appreciate that. That's, I don't think I have a thousand of anything. I, I know. <laughs> like, and when I started this account, I didn't really find any friends necessarily on Are Twitter. And I started, friends? yeah, I didn't find any friends. So I made so many new friends and Instagram, we're about at 300 here. So Keep it up, everybody. We love you all, and we super appreciate you. If you do like what you listen to, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Let your friends know about us, Mm -hmm. and yeah, get us out into the universe. Spread us. Yes, spread us like a disease that digs into your very soul. Can it be eradicated? Or we could just be like glitter and get everywhere. Yes, I like that better. Yeah, let's go with glitter. The herpes of decoration. Yes. All right, E, let's get started. Mm-hmm. What movie should we watch this time, E? Well, if you listened to last episode, I thought, you know, it's our 10th episode, so we have to do kind of a bigger movie, and what's bigger than Titanic? A lot, I'm sure. James Cameron did Avatar. I'm pretty sure it's longer. <laughs> but I, I, you know, kind of, it was a blockbuster. It was a, you could not escape Titanic. Mm-hmm. In 1997. 1997. That was my world. I know. Everybody talked about it. But I figured let's do something big. And Titanic is and was still big. So. Yeah. Talking about summer blockbuster. This is the summer blockbuster. Was it summer? No. We were in school when it came out. Okay. So it was a school season blockbuster. I gotta look up when it came out. So it came out in December of 1997. Yeah. Because I remember it was the talk of school. Everybody talked about it. Yeah, and this was a super long movie, so why don't you say we go ahead and hop on into it? What do you say? Sounds. I was trying to make a Titanic pun. I got none. Let's go. I got one. Iceberg, get ahead! That's not a pun, that's a line. Let's go watch the movie. Mm. What an emotional roller coaster. What a great film. It's okay. That's it. That's our review of the movie. Thanks for coming. I gotta go sup up my tears. My salty tears. 
<laughs> my icy salty tears oh too soon <laughs> much too soon so Kay, what was your first impression of the movie now obviously we've seen this before but do you have a different first impression so yeah i've co- watched this movie a couple times but i'll give you all a quick little synopsis it's a movie that is about a tragedy caused by a love story which shows the power of love can kill i i kind of buy that mm-hmm. i do I think they could have promoted this movie as some sort of like slasher horror. I don't think. Oh, come on. Yeah. No. No. When love can kill. That's not even close. It's about classism. It's about the historical events of the Titanic as centered around this love story between Rose, who's a first class passenger, who feels trapped in her life in this what will be a, a loveless engagement. And then she meets Jack the free spirit avant-garde artist do you think she actually knows his name what in the movie makes you think she actually remembered his name she only shouted it 700 times (laughs) well spoiler alerts before we get started here if you all don't know the story of titanic the boat sinks the boat sinks but i remember that was the running joke about titanic why am i gonna go spend money on a movie where i know the boat sinks and i feel like that is the joke that every spoiler is always accompanied with don't tell me spoilers and the person will say in response to that the boat sinks right but which technically it's a ship yeah come on people which of course there's gonna be more spoilers than just the ship hit the iceberg and went down so prepare Mm -hmm. yourselves if you haven't seen this movie have you not seen this movie let's start there yeah because i remember it was all consuming. We were in what, third grade? Mm-hmm. And my parents were so strict about ratings for movies. So I was yeah. not allowed to see it. Well, this movie is only PG 13. Oh, it didn't matter. Was I 13 in third grade? No, which meant no, I could not see that movie. True. I, everybody, everybody saw it in theaters, and I did not. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, well, so and so went to go see it. And I was like, well, so and so's mother doesn't love her. I was like, that's not. That's not how this works. Was I so-and-so? Because I went and saw it. Well, I didn't know you back then. Mm-hmm. You saw it in theaters? Who took I, you? I did go see it in theaters. I actually don't remember who took me because I remember going with friends. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was some parent of one of my friends took me either way leading up to the movie as well as after the movie i remember in third grade and our teacher helped stoke the fires of this everybody in my class we were so obsessed with everything titanic all titanic facts and because it was our world came out a year or two after they finally they knew where the wreckage was but they actually got down to it well 1985 is when they actually originally found the wreckage Mm -hmm. i believe it was sometime around that time there was some new dives that had new footage and they actually got because they located the wreck but then i remember watching the dives on tv was when they had like the little jj like yeah the submarine that went. i love that guy yeah he was so cute i remember it was so eerie it was like either the door to the captain's chamber or where everybody thinks the captain was when the ship went down they like tried the door and the door was locked and they're like we're just gonna walk away because they left they left the plaque down there because they had found the wreck and then scavengers and salvagers were going down Mm -hmm. and they said they weren't bringing anything up and they oh. left the, there's a plaque down there that this expedition went down and said, we respect, this is like basically a grave site. But yeah, I remember wanting I, to watch it I remember so seeing those sorts mm-hmm. of things in all the books that I had. Oh, there were so many books that yeah. came out. 
and also too i remember all the other media like there was titanic video games did you play I, that one video game yes and it was like that was a legend that video game well yeah and you i remember the one when i first played it i couldn't figure it out and then i was starting to get into it and you got to the card game and then it glitched and i was so so frustrated when the card game glitched we had the board game which I wonder if we still had it, but you started in third class and you had to get through to first class in a lifeboat. And I remember my, stressful. my mother looked at me. She's like, she bought the game and we started playing it because I was obsessed with Titanic. I wanted to see it. And my mom was like, I'll buy her the board game. And we were playing Titanic. And I just remember my mom read the instructions and paused. And she's like, I just bought a game where you win by surviving and all the losers die. But there was a Jack. You could be Jack because it was a, obviously like the odds of well essentially the same thing happens in the game of life if you don't win the game of life you die but i remember and then it came out on vhs and it was like the biggest deal because it came out on two vhs's yes and my parents got it i don't know if they rented it or bought it and i'll never forget trying to listen to what was going on because i still wasn't allowed to watch the movie oh really and yeah i'm telling you they were strict about the ratings and then all I remember is hearing my mother scream, just get on the freaking boat already. <laughs> I was like, what's going on? So I found a loophole. I did find a loophole. We went over to a friend's house and she had the VHS and I decided that it wasn't bad if I only watched the second half of the movie. Oh, So I okay. only watched half of it. And that doesn't then make any sense. It doesn't. And then my little Italian guilt kicked in and I like confessed to my parents. I was like, well, you have to tell your father. And I told, I remember walking through the yard telling dad, I was like, dad, I watched Titanic, but I only watched the second half. And then (laughs) I think this backfired. Sorry, dad. But he looked at me and goes, well, there's nothing I can do about that now. There's nothing I can do to change it because I didn't get in trouble. My little brain was like, wait, so you're saying if I do something I'm not supposed to, there's nothing you could do about it, which is not true because I did do stuff I wasn't supposed to and I did get in trouble. But watching movies was a little bit of a like a, hmm, maybe Mm -hmm. I should go back and watch the first VHS now. So the Wreck of the Titanic, it happened April 15th, 1912. It was around 1140-ish, I believe, that the ship actually ran into an iceberg that they were unable to fully avoid and they scraped up alongside it and the ship it took approximately between two to three hours to actually sink so around 2 30 it totally submerged and it wasn't discovered until 1985 because of technology what was so crazy about this was this ship was one of the largest cruise ships in the day the rms titanic and it was known as the ship of dreams or the unsinkable ship well technically it was at the time the largest man-made object that moved wow Mm mm-hmm well, that's before they found out the pyramids were actually spaceships and could blast oh, off into space. But although the unsinkable part, White Star never really came out and called it unsinkable. Oh, good for them. That was smart. Right? They're probably like, whoo, dodged a bullet there. <laughs> Only Sith deal in absolutes. Yes. All right. So let's go ahead and hop into this movie in the peanut gallery. So the movie begins with clips of the people waving at the dock. James Cameron specifically wanted clips of the actual departure, but there was actually none available at the time. But after the movie came out, uh, I think a year or two later, actual clips were found here. And he was very upset at the fact he couldn't use that. That he couldn't use the clips? There was actual footage of the Titanic leaving. Oh, um, that came out after One the of the movie. ports because it actually, the Titanic actually... It was built in Belfast, 
And then it went from Belfast to England and then stopped in France to pick up a few more people and then actually stopped one more time in Ireland before making its way to New York. That's like, where it was planning to go. lucky do you feel like I was on the Titanic, but I got yeah. off in Ireland? Woo! Dodge that bullet right there. A lot of people did that, though. There's a lot of people that were supposed to be on it and decided not to. Like, J.P. Morgan was supposed to be on it. Yeah, he was one of the three big backers of the project. Didn't we find out he was supposed to be in the room that was in the movie? What Rose was staying in? Yeah, yeah. so the room that Rose was staying in was a replica of one of the first class cabins and sitting rooms. And they looked up to make sure... That nobody was staying in that room. And it's nobody knows for sure why no like nobody ended up being in that room at the time of the sinking, but there is one theory that it was supposed to be JP Morgan's mm-hmm. and he never got on the ship. But can I just say, like, that opening when you see the Titanic in the water, how haunting is that? Like yeah. I think I would have no chill if I was on an expedition and it's like cause it's dark, it's pitch black, and then all of you see is like and I think that's maybe one of the reasons why the Titanic is so fascinating is it landed up. You know, you think yeah. shipwrecks, you think on their side or they're falling over. But that image of just like the bow of the ship right in front of you. It is, did split into a couple pieces, but yeah. the two major pieces, they're upright. especially the one was upright. That's what I think is so haunting about it is it looks like it's. Well, technically, it's still on its maiden voyage. True. It's forever on its maiden Mm -hmm. voyage. And that's something that James Cameron as a director. So he was the one who directed this. He also like he this is in the coattails of other big blockbuster movies that he's made, such as Terminator, Aliens. Like he's makes these huge movies and he had a vision for this movie and he kind of became obsessed with Titanic and he wanted to try to make it as representable as possible and yeah it's a movie about a love story but he wanted to point out just that feeling of tragedy so something that i love about this movie is all those shots is like at the beginning where they do go through the wreckage Mm -hmm. of the titanic and it'll either turn into it or do like a quick little snapshot of showing you what it was actually like Mm -hmm. in that place and then in the beginning when they're going through when it's playing certain music, like when or they pass by that piano, you, you can, can hear, hear the piano like playing. The voices too. Mm-hmm. That's so haunting. But that's actually footage from the wreck that they went down and took themselves. Yeah, because James Cameron actually went on one of those trips and he did some recording here for the movie. And I found out that was actually before he fully dedicated to the idea that he was going to make a movie about this. He kind of thought about it, but it was before he was like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make a movie about Titanic. And I'm sure being down there, he... At that moment, he was probably like, I got to tell this story. Yeah, this is an awesome they said story. That opening shot of the wreckage is a mixture of miniatures and then actual footage, which is just, I didn't know that. So when I watched it this time, it made it even more haunting. But we want to talk about what a d- that dive captain is. He's like all dramatic, the last moments of whatever. <laughs> and then thank goodness for the hippie dude. I don't know their names. I don't like them. So I didn't bother to learn well, them. I can tell you the lead guy. It's Bill freaking Paxton, James Cameron mainstay. The only thing I could think about in the scenes where they had the robots was it was 100% reminded me of when you're playing a video game and somebody's watching you and they're like get in there hurry yeah. come on get in there and he's like flip it flip it flip it flip it, flip it. okay you're gonna slow down slow down <laughs> like dude give him some space backseat gaming it's mm-hmm. a real thing but can i just say like they were so insensitive 
Yeah. In the beginning. When and he says, wait. when he goes by the bathtub and he says the line. Oh, somebody left the water on. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking kidding me. Also, not to mention bringing the safe up and opening it. They're not archaeologists because he took a buzzsaw to it. And then they're shooting champagne everywhere. And what does that heathen do? He just sticks his meat claw in there and starts pulling out. And there's paper all looking for this diamond. Mm-hmm. So insensitive. But then when they're going through the artifacts, now they're like under the water and preserving. And you see the paint, the drawing of Rose wearing the necklace. What does that heathen do again? Just reaches his meat claw in and like pull it out. Could that paper have survived? And well, could that pulled, drawing? They've pulled paper out. Yeah. I don't think it would have looked. Well, think about it, it was in a safe. So maybe like less. And it was in also a like a book. Yeah, so maybe because it was pressed, it was able to keep. But I don't think it would have been as well preserved as it was. And no thanks to Barack M- Meathan, heathen, reaching in and grabbing McGrabberson. And then even like when we go to wherever Rose is as a Nana Rose, as an older woman, and she hears the the news reporter, he's like, oh, people are calling us grave robbers. Listen, dude, if the shoe fits, shove it up your because you are a grave robber. He's like, we're doing, my team does everything to preserve and protect these artifacts. Your team does. Mm-hmm. You don't. You you just go in there and just rub your oily hands all over it. Completely ruin it. Also, how misogynistic. We're not done with these guys. About like, they hand the phone over. They're like, she's old. And then he's like, oh, great. Moan. How can I help you? Yeah, that whole scene's kind of just rude because also too that whole time while he's talking about saying how this Rose chick could just be making it up just for the publicity. Oh yeah, the she guy... might be like that Russian chick, Anesthesia. Yeah, no regards. And then he's like, and then he has that T-shirt on. Yeah, that that T-shirt. No. I've seen some people wear that T-shirt where it's the smiley face that has the bullet head and all the blood dripping mm-hmm. down it. That kind of stuck with me as a kid. I was kind of disturbed by that t-shirt. They were very dismissive of Rose. Oh, she doesn't travel light. Oh, she could be making it up. I do have to talk about my little note that I made. (laughs) That is, uh, this movie has a cautionary tale in it of Mm -hmm. this is why you never take nude pictures of yourself. Because even if they're in a ship that sinks to the bottom of the ocean, somebody will eventually find those nudes and put them on television. So never take a nude shot of yourself. Um, first of all, disagree. Because if you smoke and you smoke and do whatever you want, let it go. You know what? She is proud of herself. She was like, like, I was a catch, wasn't I? Wasn't I a dish? Yeah, wasn't I a dish? Also, that douche nozzle just became extra douche fantastic when he showed Rose the video. Mm -hmm. How insensitive. And he's like making sound effects he's like pretty cool huh yeah her face during that is like very cringe filled and she's like i know this is kind of exciting for you as a history buff sort of person but i lived it so maybe you can't shouldn't talk to you about like that nana rose locked that down because she got all upset Mm-hmm. And she started to tell her story, but Brock wasn't interested in her story and was like, what about the diamond? And she shut him down. I was like, do you want to hear this or not? Yeah, you go, Nana Don't Rose. Don't f- with her. She may be old, but she survived the freaking Titanic. That's when she sits in that chair and she makes the meme. It's been 84 years. <laughs> And a meme was born. And a meme was born. And then immediately, there's another iconic scene of the big hat reveal where 
it's Kate Winslet and that she lifts her head up and she's under that big hat. Which I said when it first revealed her, I feel like you're supposed to be like, oh, wow, look how stunning. My first thought was, she's so pale. <laughs> well, she's an aristocrat. Mm -hmm. The scene when Jack and uh, Abruzio... Fabrizio. 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 When they're winning the tickets for the ship here, which was the game to decide who's going to live, who's going to die, they won the tickets from Sven. When Sven gets punched in the face there, I just made a note that we had to start our head trauma counter. So <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Something tells me this counter is going to go off a lot in this I movie. Know. But also, I did think it was kind of sad when Jack got all excited and was like, I'm going home foreshadowing no you're not no, you're boy not. <laughs> i'm going to america that's when fievel uh, busted mm -hmm. out and they started singing there are no cats in america also the, rose, uh, rose was bougie before bougie was a thing what do you mean bringing her own artwork to oh. hang up I find it interesting that they claim that picasso like people had picassos and stuff one of the monets that she supposedly had on the ship was really famous. I was like, that's not true. It's in a museum. Yeah. Something tells me it didn't sync with the Titanic and it looks so good today. Also, the actor that plays Captain Smith. Theoden. <laughs> Creepily. So, so eerily similar. Yeah, he looks just oh like gosh. the actual Captain Smith. That, that, that was amazing casting. Like that actor in general, I really enjoy him, but he looked just like the photographs of him. 100%. Also, the iconic scene where Jack's at the bow of the boat and they're standing there and he's like, I'm king of the world. My only question is, are they allowed up there? Yeah. I feel like they wouldn't be allowed up there. Well, today they'd be allowed up there. There'd be a worker up there and there'd be a giant line and it would be $35 to get a picture <laughs> taken doing the I'm king of the, the world, world stance on the front of the boat. I don't think they'd be allowed up there. Jack, and, they, and they're up there a lot, too. They are, several times in the movie. Yeah. But Jack does his like, I can't do it. But that is his <laughs> thing. I think, first of all, I think he ripped off from Rufio. Rufio. Um, his like whooping laugh thing that he had going on. I wonder if they tried to make that a thing and then James Cameron was like, this isn't working and just cut it out. Also, I'm so glad the bad guy from Jumanji was in this movie because I automatically hate him. Yeah. <laughs> he played the villainous... Well, the historical villainous. Well, he was vilified. There's yeah, a difference. Yeah, Mr. Ismay, the, one of the backers behind the Titanic. One of the only... One of the people who... Survived. Yeah, survived. The story with him is, yeah, he was part of the group that probably made that decision about the lifeboats, especially that... And then supposedly, um, they said it's not true, but he was the one pushing for them to increase the speed oh to speed up mm -hmm. to the dangerous speeds that they were going yeah the story is that when he was on the lifeboat and they were away from the titanic he wasn't he like people noted that he wouldn't look back at the titanic like everybody else was staring at it but he wouldn't look at it as it was going down and when they were saved and they were getting on the ship that saved them Everybody noted him and looked at him and they said it was silent when they stared at him getting onto the ship and his his career never got back on track after that. And there was always this horrible stigma towards him. And like I read, it was to the end of his days, but he somewhat disappeared from public eye after Island. that and shame. Yeah. 
But I did enjoy the fact that, that when they were at dinner, Rose uses Freud to throw shade at people. Yeah. <laughs> she uses the whole idea that the Titanic is this, he keeps pointing out, Ismay it's, keeps pointing out that it's a giant vessel. It's huge. And then she's like, Freud says it's a... Uh, preoccupation with size. Is a feature of the male gender. You know what kills me is they keep showing that cute little girl with the curls. Cora. Oh, stop showing you're my, her! You're my girl, Cora. Oh, I hated that they kept showing her. And of course, they have the cliche, Jack sees Rose, love at first sight. And I feel like every woman out there has had this experience where you look down and you catch somebody staring at you and Rose just kind of like keeps looking like, what the f***? <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? Stop it. But that's when Rose spirals mentally out of control here because she feels trapped and caged in this high society world and she's getting forced to marry cal who's a douche rose decides to jump off the back of the boat and she how did she get over the railing in that dress that's impressive true that feet. is impressive how she would have but liked. i've just felt like the whole time when jack was talking to her i was like i don't think he has suicide prevention training because he basically was goading her i mean he was good at it he was successful are you supposed to goat them though sure he does a good job where he just kind of helps try to refocus her in that moment so without any training he does a good enough job that gets also, her to come back over another sad thing he says he's more concerned with that water being cold Oh, you should. Oh, that's going to come about on you, Jack. That's going to come about. And then we have the heroic scene where he does help her over. And oh, the whole, I don't, I guess it's like, obviously you have much more anxiety as the movie goes on. But talk about an initial like anxiety gut punch when she steps and you see her stepping on her dress. And you're like, ah, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you get off that dress, look at your feet. He does get her up and gets her down on the dock and all those guys run up and find them in the position. They hashtag me to him. Rightfully so, because the position he was in and how she looked, there was no other yeah, her dress was ripped. way to look at that as in like the guy who responded, just how he responded, I thought was totally rational. He's like, you get back. Who are you? You bad, bad man. <laughs> Get off of her. But why didn't she say it was an accident sooner? She was probably trying to come up with her lie of looking at the propellers. Yeah. She did a good job with that because mm -hmm. it did convince them here, except for the ex-cop dude who points out, oh, well, that's weird that you just saw her falling and you had enough time to take off your boots and your coat. So wait, did he at that point think that Rose was trying to jump or that Jack was trying to push her? Maybe that's why Jack has a bad reputation. No, Cal's a As douche. a cruel dude. No, Cal's a douche. And then he had like that whole moment where there's a teeny tiny sliver where, you know, he's giving Rose the diamond, which you're like, she doesn't want diamonds. She doesn't want the heart of the ocean. I think he's gaudy as Yeah, it's... Do you remember all the replicas that came out? Yeah. Oh my God, all the replicas that came out. That thing is ugly as sin. But I want to take this time to kind of talk about the actors in this movie and kind of their performances here because during the scene where they're on the back of the boat there it made me realize like dang leo looks so young in this movie 22 wow he looked so little and in general with kate winslet and leonardo da vinci dicaprio <laughs> <laughs> i told myself i wouldn't do it but i did it anyway leonardo dicaprio yes. there we go both of them have come back to say when they rewatch this movie and they look at it, they kind of cringe a little bit and they say it wasn't their best acting job. And especially watching it this time, I definitely have to agree with them mm -hmm. that 
their acting is subpar and I definitely don't think it was award worthy. Now this movie, it was award worthy and at the time it won the most Academy Awards. Well, it tied with Ben-Hur for the awards, but definitely they didn't deserve those roles. But you know who did deserve the role that he had was Billy freaking Zane. Oh my God, why do you have a heart on for that guy? That guy, Billy freaking Zane. His character in this movie is just so scummy. And I don't think it's a coincidence that he came off very hashtag me too-y throughout this whole thing and was horribly rude. Like another character we covered in our third episode, Biff, I think it's no coincidence that it was Billy Zane in this role because he was in Back to the Future. He was one of Biff's cronies. You're trying to make this work way too hard. So, so anywho, getting back to it, Rose is a brat because when she's like, walking with Jack and talking to him, she says, like, this is my part of the ship. Really, you little But also, can we just take a moment to say, like, if they're ever going to do, like, another Titanic movie, can we please, 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 please get Jack's time in Paris as a young artist? Like, that seems like such a, like, not a more interesting story, Mm -hmm. but such an original, like, I want to hear what it was like in Paris in the 1900s where he's drawing one-legged prostitutes. That's a story I want to hear. That'd be a great movie on its own. Mm -hmm. I like the line where he was talking about the hands, and he said that he had a love affair with her hands. This movie does focus on that quite a bit, and everybody knows this Titanic fact the scene where he's painting rose like one of his french girls not painting or he's drawing i think everybody knows that during that scene the hands that are illustrating rose Mm -hmm. it's actually james cameron's hands but when he says that line my head immediately went to a bad place and he was just like no like i didn't do anything to them i just had a love affair with their hands i thought to myself that's called a handy jack (laughs) No, although they do totally have, I called it hand sex when they were standing at the front of the boat and he has her up on the railing. Mm-hmm. They're totally having hand sex. Like yeah. That, like touching each other. Petting each other's petting hands. Petting each other's hands. Although I do think maybe Jack was assuming she didn't have PTSD because he put her back on a railing. She did not have a good time on a railing. Oh, true. Yeah. That wasn't a good call, Jack. Although my least favorite scene is a spitting scene. Oh, I yeah. hate that scene. It's so disgusting. I love when Kathy Bates' character, mm-hmm. the unsinkable, was it unsinkable Molly Brown? Yep. I love during that scene where all the sophisticated women, including Rose's mother, who is an uptight lady. But she is that actress. I, I know she's a good actress, but she didn't have to act. She just had resting <laughs> face the whole yeah. time. Done. Queen ice face. Mm-hmm. She was the ice queen. But I love when Kathy Bates was kind of taking Jack under her wing from the very beginning when she pointed out to him in a very subtle way. You got something here and point out that he had a little bit of spit still on his chin here when Mm -hmm. he was introducing himself. And then she took him aside and said, hey, you're about to go into the snake pit here. I'm going to make sure you got what you need to get in there and survive it. So she brings him in and fits him with a suit that was going to be one of her sons that happened to fit perfectly. Perfect. He said almost fit. It fit. Oh, yeah. He was like, yeah, it's almost perfect. No, it is perfect. It's exactly perfect. Although another foreshadowing when all the executives are talking about the Titanic and the captain and Ismay, I think 
Is mm-hmm. that his name? The evil guy from Jumanji mm-hmm. was like, I want it to go faster, so we make headlines on her maiden voyage. Ooh, foreshadowing. Ooh, you gonna make Can headlines? Make a foreshadowing counter because I think we're up to like three now. Yeah, I need to make it a different sound. Oh, I like that sound. That's a good one. <laughs> I think so too. All right, before we continue, do you want to do a quick little break here? I mean, it is a long movie. We have to change the VHS tapes. Let's do a quick little break, and while we're breaking, you can draw me like one of your French girls. <laughs> but let's hear a quick word from one of our fellow podcasters. I'm Mike Hall. I'm Jim Harris. I'm the fanboy. I'm the hater. Our podcast is The Fanboy and the Hater, where we discuss the best and worst in movies, TV, and pop culture. We are available on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and many more. Join us while we argue about the things that we love, like Star Wars, superheroes, and science fiction, and the things that we wish were better, like Star Wars, superheroes, and science fiction. So tune in to The Fanboy and the Hater. We would be honored. Join us. It is your destiny. So that's Mike and Jim from the Fanboy and the Hater podcast. So yeah, check them out wherever you get your podcasts here. Also check them out on Twitter to see news for their upcoming episodes. I took a listen to one of their episodes, E, and they're hilarious. They really have something special going on there. Their love for each other is... It's as, it's as great a story as Jack and Rose, I must say. Oh, is it better than ours? I would say them, then us, like, just a touch underneath, and then Jack and Rose underneath all of us here. Well, Sorry. I don't think we're better than Jack and Rose. No, I think we are. Oh, you know what? You're right. We're not because we don't say each other's names as frequently 100%. as they do here. <laughs> Although, can we just talk about how dramatic the first-class passengers are? Because holy stairs, Batman. There are stairs everywhere. These people like to make an entrance. La-dee-da. La-dee-da. Yeah, the staircase is especially the grand staircase that's below that one giant window on the ceiling. That is one of the things that when the movie came out, I was like, oh my gosh, that looks just like the actual thing. Because, of course, that was something that they had a bunch of pictures in and all the books that I read about. And... That staircase, I never really noticed this, but when he's there at the beginning and she sees him, they have that connection and he does the Leo stare, which is so sexy. Mm -hmm. And also too, when he leaves the dinner, he gives her that note to find her there. waiting. I actually, this was the first time I noticed that that mirrored the final flashback in the movie. Are you serious? Yeah. I know. Well, this isn't the first time in this movie that I apparently missed something <laughs> very been, obvious. Yeah. But I, I was like, oh my gosh, like it's exactly like the end scene here. And I think that's beautiful. And that's yeah. a very romantic look. Although they do like to make an entrance. And as they make the entrance into the dining hall, you pointed out that Rose is just as snarky as the rest of them pointing out all the gossip. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She's like, oh, these rich people, I can't live this life. And then immediately when they go to dinner, oh, that's Mr. Blah, blah, blah. He's super rich. He's super cool. Oh, that's Mrs. Blah, blah, blah. She's a whore. She's and- naughty lingerie. Although she was right. J.J. Astor really was the richest man on the ship. Yeah, that is a true fact here. And 
you know, I, I put a little note here, another little note. <laughs> Fun fact about Kay. You know what happened when I saw that character? What? I was like, oh, crap. I recognize that actor. You know who that actor is? No, who? It's Eric Braden. And I recognized him from Young and the Restless, unfortunately. <laughs> so happens when you don't grow up with cable kids. Unfortunately, um, yeah, I didn't have cable and I found myself watching a lot of daytime soaps. So <laughs> I recognized him but from my stories. Also, did you 100% get the feeling that like Jack was the rich people's plaything for the night? Yeah. Well, think about how exotic he was right? when he was talking about living wherever he could, just getting jobs here and there and traveling across mm -hmm. the ocean to just see different things. Nope. These people are rich. <laughs> he was poor. <laughs> Let's play with him. But speaking of poor people, we sure know how to party. Because yeah. that party down in Steerage was off the chart. Mm -hmm. They know how to dance. They know how to sing. They know how to have themselves a great time. The music that they play too. Uh, I just love traditional Irish oh, yeah. music. It gets me so pumped. And did you like the little quick snapshot that they had where they went back to the men who got to go to the parlor where the women weren't allowed in that fancy parlor? Yeah, and they were just sitting there like, paw, paw, paw. They were talking politics and they were like actually flexing their political stances and their riches and then it immediately cuts back to the third class party and it's showing two men flexing by arm wrestling right? and it shows the similarities between the two different worlds and like both worlds men are going to be these masculine oh look how much toxic masculinity yes <laughs> toxic masculinity at its finest here but then rose walks up and puts a wrench in that to say oh, like i hate this oh, scene second scene you I got hate. you boys think you're tough and she shows off her point which i don't know like if it came between an actual fist fight and somebody doing point I would have to say I'm gonna like be more threatened by the person who's doing point because I feel like that if was you do that, so lame. You are it. It yeah. It's it's kind of lame in the movie how they go about doing this. But I have this weird feeling towards people who can do point. Like kudos for you. It's amazing. But oh my gosh, your body is <laughs> not designed to do that. Please don't. That's really cool. You can do it. No, please stop. Although, can we just talk? Number one, again, Cora is the cutest thing ever. Oh. I love her. I love her she too. She threw so much shade when he danced with Rose. Can we, can we have something that looks exactly like Cora? 100% we'll put that big bow on her in the dress and never let her grow up. And we'll throw her in the water. Oh. Anyhow, um, that took a dark turn. But oh, can gosh. I just, all I could think about is when they were doing the spinning scene. How awkward was that to film? Because it was like, hold on to the camera, make googly eyes. <laughs> Oh, I forgot that I wrote down, in reference to our last episode, I put the party, I titled it The Podling Party. Right? Poor people know how to party. Yeah. Also, if you catch before they start doing, like, the follow-along part of the dance, Fabrizio is talking to this this girl, this woman, mm -hmm. and he's making, like, the quintessential, like, gesture for this is how big it is with his hands. What are, what are you talking about there? Jeez. Like, am I a sausage? Is it is big? <laughs> You know why they call it the Italian sausage? Yay! Thanks, it's spicy. But unfortunately, like all parties, they must come to an end, and we go back to reality. And Rose is sitting there with Cal, and he says the horrible line about, You will honor me! Ugh, I think he truly is just a scumbag, and he, like, flips the table on her, and... Did ugh. you know that Billy Zane actually improv the flipping of the table and destroying it? And that's why Kate Winslet looks completely shocked, because she wasn't prepared for that. 
and he he wasn't supposed to do that but he just in the moment he was all fueled up and he did it and james cameron was like that was awesome perfect keeping it you horrible son of a bitch that's why billy zane is the best actor why in do you have such a hard on for this guy i can't stop i love him although rose's mother it's like i feel like at that moment when they're like putting the corset on and she comes in mm-hmm. and the mother's like we're broke all the money's gone and basically it does kind of sum up that rose was she was just like the pawn she was a chip she was a bargaining tool that's what yeah. women were in those days and finally you know rose is like this is so unfair and her mom goes we're women nothing's fair i was like oh thank you yeah, <laughs> yeah when she said that, i was like what she went there well you know miss maybe mama Iceface got one thing right in this movie mm-hmm. after that there was a quick scene where they talked to mr andrews the designer of the ship one of my favorite characters he was such a sweet character and he's one of the people that historically did go down with the ship mm-hmm. and they played off his character so well in this movie to make you really like him and when the ship was going down the last few times that people saw him there was two accounts in the movie, they showed the one where somebody said they saw him in the smoking room, just standing there with his arms crossed, staring at a picture of the Titanic up on the wall, and his life jacket was just sitting in a chair next to him. And then the other account that somebody thought they saw him throwing chairs like, yeah. out into the water for people to float on. It was a show that he was a sweet character. Do you know that scene, though? They had built that room, and they had to tilt the camera because they couldn't tilt the set, so he had yeah. to lean. <laughs> and then they made, like props with the water and stuff in them and the brandy to look like it was tilted at the right angle really? and they had uh strings on stuff and they pulled it to make it look like it was sliding oh. so he's like leaning forward it's like uh all optical illusion they did that a lot where they just like tilted the camera to make it and look everybody did way. the michael jackson lean yes <laughs> everyone's a smooth criminal about, like, on the titanic like rose does the math and was like there's not enough lifeboats foreshadowing i feel like james cameron like i think people get swept up in the love story before rose and jack but he really is just pointing out the it's almost like this it's like the bomb under the table theory from hitchcock except now nobody usually it's like one character knows there's a bomb under the table and we the audience know but it's like the audience knows there's an iceberg in the water but nobody knows that makes it worse that's something that's key about the titanic that other disasters that happen and especially things that happen in workplaces that are catastrophic they talk about them being like these titanic issues going down like the titanic they'll say sometimes and the whole idea is like when you breach so many different safety mechanisms the um swiss cheese metal have you ever been to a job where they talked about safety stuff and they went over the swiss cheese model where the chances of everything going through every hole of these lines of swiss cheese is kind of slim but the thing is is the more issues you have the more holes there are in the Mm -hmm. swiss cheese and the more likely that one issue could become something immensely catastrophic go up and the titanic is such a telltale example of that swiss cheese here because there was so many issues that they should have addressed, that they shouldn't have done, but they did it just because there was a lot of focus on competing with other liners to say, this is the fastest, strongest, most luxurious ship. It's awesome. Although you got that foreshadowing counter, right? Mm -hmm. Because you notice the hymn they were singing at church? For those in peril on the sea. Ah. (laughs) Foreshadowing. Also, there's another foreshadowing. This one's kind of a stretch, but there's a little kid playing with a top. (laughs) And... 
Leonardo DiCaprio walks by, it's like, hey, foreshadowing for Inception. Did the top stop? I don't question. know. <laughs> maybe, maybe Titanic is actually a part of Inception. Also, can I just say, Jack, okay, Jack's supposed to be the hero, but I truly and hate the whole insult and then compliment tactic that he uses. Yeah. Awful. And then there's that moment where it was like, right on, you know, be a feminist. Come on, Rose. She's like, well, I don't need you to save me, Jack. And then Jack had a mansplain it. Here we start mansplaining Jackisms. He's like, only you can save yourself. Please, seriously? Come on, dude. The I'm flying, Jack. That and the king in the world moment. If you do that on the boat, I judge you. Yeah, that is. You that instantly is... go down four pegs in my respectability. But I'm one of those people. You've gone down like 18 times. Yeah, I'm I'm a Michael Scott in this world <laughs> where it takes me a minute before I go to the front of a boat and either do one of those two lines. The, I'm king of the world or I'm flying. You know, I know it's really cliche, but part of me was like, I bet it would be really romantic to kiss like that. Oh, over the shoulder kiss there. With the Very sunset. romantic. And. I, I don't know if it's as much during this scene because I think this was a practical effect where they actually filmed this at the sunset and James Cameron was like, we got to get this right because the sunset is perfect right now. But some of the other scenes where they were showing the deck and they would pan out, it did show that during, like in 1997 when this movie came out, that CGI was amazing. Mm -hmm. It looked so and good. they put so much work into it. Yeah, it was obviously award winning. And a lot of what they did was they were the first ones to do it. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it was so cool. I think it was the first CGI water. Really? Mm -hmm. And it looked it looked pretty good. And like in those days, it looked amazing. But now it does look a little dated. When I was watching it this time, I was kind of disappointed by some of those scenes because especially the people, when yeah. you saw the people walking around, it was very clear that they weren't real. And that was somewhat upsetting that <laughs> I was like, man, this was so awesome. Yeah. And now that... I'm looking at compared to everything nowadays, it looks so computer animated and it kind of took me out of the movie for a mm -hmm. second. And then of course comes the iconic scene. The draw me like one of your French girls. Jack scene. Oh, I thought we were talking about the scene where they were spitting, but oh, I hate that scene. <laughs> but before we went into that scene, did you notice that eerie change in the music? Because that was the final night that was the oh, night that i didn't catch that it sank and it was playing the my heart will go on theme the celine dion theme and at the end of it it hit that eerie last note as they rose in modern day talked about that was the last time the titanic would see sunlight Ugh. but they go into the parlor and yeah she says that line e Draw me like one of your French girls. All right, now I'm going to say it. Draw me like one of your French girls. Which one was sexier? Twitter poll coming oh, your way. <laughs> I don't know if I can compete with you, Kay. I know. <laughs> well, for riding this wave, do you think Jack could draw with a boner? I think he'd draw with his boner. <laughs> it was actually James Cameron's boner. That <laughs> little known fact. And let me talk to you about something here, E. We've talked about this before here, but once again, the K-Vision was on here. And when I went and saw this in movie theaters, apparently I didn't notice something about this scene. And it took many other times viewing the VHS at home before I realized, wait, you see her boobs? <laughs> I think your mom implanted a chip in you. I think so, where I just, I did not remember that wait, at all. Wait, wait, have you ever seen my boobs? Now that I think about it. <laughs> 
Yeah, they're those blurry things with the word censored over it, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay. So I am a seeker. But the... Uh, the hair and the eyes. Yeah. Sexy time, Jackie oh, boy. Oh, yes. Leo eyes. No. But then there was even like drawings of titties and you didn't see those either? I think I saw those, but I don't remember seeing her actual I mean, breasts. it was it was brief. Yeah. It was brief to keep that PG-13 rating. And apparently that was one of the first scenes they filmed in the movie. Mm-hmm. And when Kate Winslet actually met Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, that was hard. Ooh, that's close. I could feel the, the Da Vinci coming off of me. But when she first saw him, she actually flashed him really quick <laughs> just to lower the tension, which might have, as you pointed out, that might have added to the nervousness that he had during that scene, mm-hmm. that she was joking around with him about him being so nervous. Yeah, and he's like, Monet drew landscapes. And I think his line where he like tells her to go sit, he's like, go sit on the bed, the, the couch, that was actually improv as well, but it wasn't even purposeful improv. He just accidentally <laughs> said the bed, I mean the couch. <laughs> oh, I like that. But then I like when we jump to present day, like they're all captivated. And Nana Rose is like, that was the most erotic moment in my life up until then. I was like, you get it, Rose. Yeah, she, she lived the remainder of her life with many erotic moments. Yes. And many of them topped that moment. So I can only imagine what she did. Although we have another foreshadowing. Before the foreshadow here, I see somebody at the door. Do you mind if I let him in? Yeah, you kind of scared me. I thought somebody was really here. Of course somebody's really here. It's our resident model, Stefan. Take it away, Stefan. Fashion. So model. Ooh. I really did get scared. Oh, I'm so sorry I scared you, E. I know, I'm very intimidating because I am so modeled. Yes, I'm so sorry about that. Hello, all you beautiful people. It is me, Stefan. The model. Hello, E. Good to see you again. So You're looking so model yourself. Today, the fashion tip from the movie Titanic will be taken from the beautiful, stunning Rose. How do I know her name is Rose? Jack tells me many times. Oh, I use same joke as K. It's like we are same mind. Anyway, let's talk about Rose and a fashion tip from her of less is more. And by less is more, I mean to look beautiful sometimes you have to do only one article. And why not make that article Heart of Ocean? Very beautiful, very model. That is all for your fashion tip from Stefan here. Just make sure you look to the idea less is more and always look like one of those French girls. Okay, toodaloo! Sorry, I'm gonna get some water. Did Stefan leave? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see him go. I wasn't here. <laughs> I stepped out of the booth myself. He left as he came without anyone noticing. He could be anywhere. He could be in the wind around us. <laughs> That's terrifying. That's the beauty of Stefan. So thank you again, Stefan, for your model tip. Oh, boy. Although, going back to my foreshadowing counter, get it ready. Get the trigger ready. Because <laughs> they talk about not being concerned with ice. But then there's that little moment of the captain stirring his tea and he yeah. has a lemon wedge in when it. When he actually gets a report. That there's ice. Mm-hmm. And then it's just like, you don't see the lemon wedge. I was like, oh, foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. I know you didn't notice it, but I pointed out. They get into that car. This is before anti-theft in cars. 
as we were talking about, is another famous replicated scene where <laughs> the whole hand fog issue fog up in a car, yeah, or fog up any window, you put the hand up and slide it down. Although, logistically speaking, I wonder what position they were doing to get that exact angle of her hand. Should we go try it out? Um, yeah. All right, we'll be right back. <laughs> okay, apparently whatever they are doing really hurts. <laughs> Those cars were, well, they had big back seats. So they. Oh, and then another foreshadowing. Yeah. You're trembling. I'll be all right. No, you won't, boo. <laughs> no, you won't. I liked the guy in the boiler room. I made a note about apparently he's the only one on the ship who is truly concerned about safety. I know. It's not safe for you guys. Yeah. Why didn't they have him in charge of the lifeboats? Why didn't they have him in charge of the whole ship? Could <laughs> like, <laughs> avoid the whole thing. It's like, this speed isn't safe down here. Also, are you trying to tell me that their necking on the ship deck caused the crash because the crewmen were, like, looking down at them? Oh, yeah, 100%. I feel like this could be a debate, but, I mean, it's it's very apparent that those two guys are staring down at them and like, hey, take a look at this, and they're looking down, and they weren't paying attention to the thing that was right ahead of them. Well, and there's the whole, like, refractory with the light and they didn't have the binoculars yeah what he's referring to is there's a ton of theories about what actually happened why they didn't see the iceberg jack and rose are kissing jack and rose is kissing that is the answer also when they call down from the crow's nest the lookout goes iceberg right ahead like yells it and then the dude on the other end of the phone was like thank you Click. well that what was the f man <laughs> dude yeah, he, was, he was staying professional my man this was another thing is they replicated the event to the T where the actual scene where it's scraping up against iceberg, it lasts as long as how it actually lasted. Ooh, that had been a horrible noise. And the maneuvers they make, it's science has proven a few things over the years. Like one of the things that scientists are talking about nowadays that we found all over the internet was they found out that it actually would have been better if the Titanic ran directly into the iceberg and it could have survived and at least kept floating for way longer for people to hopefully come save them. Mm -hmm. But because of the maneuver he chose, it scraped along the side for long enough where it filled those five chambers that were mm -hmm. the reason why it went down. And another fun fact about timing is this whole movie, the scenes that take place in the past, yeah. if you add up all those scenes together and you take out the... Present day? O openings, credits, the end credits, and all the present day scenes, it lasts as long as the Titanic took to sink. I wonder if that's why he made some really good editing choices, because there's some doozies of scenes that are out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he made some really good choices. Also, we'll come to that. They start closing the doors to like prevent it from sinking mm -hmm. and the poor guys in the boiler room are getting locked yeah. and trapped in there like that is so oh. anxiety ridden yeah and the one dude oh i hate that one guy who goes underneath the door real quick and does like the indiana jones thing that would have been great if they would have done a quick little nod to indiana no. jones or his hat fell off and he reached back and grabbed it real quick but i don't know in that sort of thing i would i would have lost my hat i'm not taking a chance sorry indy i can't be cool right. like you and then of course Meanwhile, the ship's going down and Cal decides, like, no, it's more important we take down this riffraff. Yeah, his pride goes into overdrive here and he is super focused on finding them and making them both pay for what they've done to his pride. Well, they decide to go back to tell them, like, we should probably let people know. But there actually were accounts that people were playing with the ice. 
like kicking it around. They were also picking up the ice and putting in their drinks. Uh, yeah, trust me, that ice worse. is going to go from something you consume to something that consumes you in a minute ah, here. Da, 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 da. Although I did find it interesting when they finally come down and <laughs> tell them, the, like, you need to head up and go to the docks. And it was like Cal had a moment of like, not now, I'm beating my fiance. <laughs> This is the worst time for you to interrupt me. And then, of course, like, the first-class passengers are getting the, um, it's not a big deal, just please dress warmly and head to the duck. It's not an emergency, don't panic, but please come out onto the ducks. And then third-class gets, like, the light flipped on, like, put this shit on, let's roll. Yeah. Although the telegram officer, like, at this point, Mr. Adams, like, points out, like, this ship is going down. And that's when Captain Smith was like, Mr. Oh, Mr. Andrews. Mr. Yeah. Andrews. That's when Captain Smith is like, looks like you are getting your headlines after all. Like, bam! That scene where he says that line really quick where he asks the second mate, he says, how many souls are on board? And he says, 2,200 souls. And he looks and he's like, well, you're going to get your headline after all, Mr. Ismay. That is the uh, VHS switchover. Is it? (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know that. I always remember that because I remember he was the final thing you saw on first tape. Well, I'm really glad I decided to watch the second half and not the first half because that would have been a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. Although the moments where they're playing with the, the ice or having that conversation and it's the te- the water it's it's just sunk into the water a little bit it's not even like the deck submerged mm-hmm. but it's just that moment where like even captain smith i think he's the first one to say the boat is the ship is sinking when he tells the telegram officer just yeah. very calmly oh well it's horrifying because it still seems it's okay. horrifying and it really touched me like that scene was when I started like getting goosebumps like before it actually started sinking like I was actually physically this time watching it I was getting goosebumps like oh my gosh I know also mama ice face she murdered her maids oh yeah she straight up sent them to their death I want you to turn the heaters on and get me a cup of tea when I come back into my room she straight up murdered her yeah she has no regard for human life because she's one of the people that when she's getting on the lifeboat she says the line Will we be placed on the boats according to class? Horrid. Woman, get your priorities straight here. Right? Y'all dying. Oh, she's horrible. Also, okay, I know we're supposed to like Mr. Andrews, but he like tells Rose that the boat is sinking, but only tell who you must. I don't want to be responsible for a panic. What? <laughs> what? I do Keep like... Keep it a secret that everybody's going to die. I do like his... Oh, like that scene when he is walking around and he's just looking at everybody. And it's like, he's one of like 10 people that know like how catastrophic this is going to be. And just how he's looking at everybody. That look of like, how could you all be enjoying yourselves? We're all going to die. Like when he's like, why are they all inside? Mm -hmm. Oh, horrible. I mean, I guess I wonder, do they really lock the poor people down there? Yeah, there was questions about... What actually happened where most of the people that survived, like the highest group of people that survived were first class. Well, women. Women and children. Yeah, and the women and children thing, that was... In this movie, I feel like they didn't play off it a ton, but they did have the scene where Mr. Andrews was yelling at the one guy about this. But the women and children was a direction by the commander, but they interpreted it as in women and children only when he just said women and children first. So that's why, like... The majority of survivors are just women and children because they weren't allowing men on. But there was occasionally a man let on. But then Mr. Andrews, when 
he notices some of the life rafts have less than 30 some people i think the lightest load in the life raft was uh 27 27 people when these life rafts they were designed to hold like 60 to 70 some people that was actually based in truth where there was a ton of life rafts which were very much under capacity and the reasoning was was they didn't do enough drills with the staff there where the staff was nervous that the rigging that would bring the boats down wasn't strong enough to support that many people so they were staying on the safe side but by doing that they were sending even more people to their graves and the crazy thing is is they were supposed to have a drill that day that got canceled by the captain on what to do in an emergency situation where we need to use these lifeboats to go over the number of people that could go on here so think of how many people in addition could have been Swiss saved cheese my man yep. Swiss cheese also when they was down like when jack's arrested and framed for the stealing of the heart of the ocean and the henchman is just down there like rolling the bullet i do believe the ship's going to sink i guess i was kind of wondering like what was his grand plan like he was he going to shoot jack down there and then he was like ah bump it the boat's gonna sink i'll just leave him chained up here it'll be fun when they cut back to the deck here, we're introduced to the band, which famously was playing as the ship went down. And there's some accounts where people say, yes, they were playing as it was sinking. But then there's some people that say, no, they were playing when people were going onto the life rafts. But when the ship was very obviously going to water, they stopped. But the fact that remains is none of those men who were survived. in the band survived. I heard that the company that owned the uniforms sought restitution from the family oh that's horrible i know although i did wonder could the cellist survive if he floated on his cello oh yeah probably it's a big hollow instrument could be a boat although can i just say how stressed out oh first of all when rose was like goodbye mother you dumb (laughs) good for her good for her although part of me kind of feels like i don't know like To think that your child died? I mean, she was a heartless person. I made a note where that is the last time Rose sees her Mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Because even after she survives, like she does not make contact with him again because of fear of getting back in Cal's radar. Yeah. Although the whole scene where she's trying to find where Jack would be in the boat stressed me out because Mr. Adams is whatever the dude is giving her directions and it stresses me out because I can't remember directions more (laughs) and she's in a high stress situation like ugh like sorry Jack you're on your own also here begins the beginning of E getting off at them why are you smooching and talking just get to getting they also spend way too much time this is this is where this really takes off here Mm -hmm. so another reoccurring joke of Titanic is they say each other's names so many times in this movie i don't know if that was in the script or if it was just leo and kate's decision but they say they're each other's names way too many times here and especially in this scene it's hilarious when they are looking directly at each other going jack rose jack rose um get that rose get this rose man okay jack i got it jack it's like seriously hurry the up and then when she tries to go get help and she can't get help 
And first of all, she's like, I'm through being polite. And then she's like pushing people and like punching people. It's Using like, her spit powers for power of good. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm done being polite. I'm on to murder now. But then she keeps dramatically like, listen, honey, you aren't even at the peak of how stressful your night is going to be. <laughs> and there's no water on the floor. And she's leaning up against like dramatically breathing on the walls. Don't do that. She's like, hello. Oh my gosh, it's like, come on. And then she finally gets the axe because she's being innovative. And then she goes back into the water and she looks at it like, oh my gosh, what did you think was going to happen when you were dortling around up there, breathing mm -hmm. dramatically on the wall for like effect? That scene when she's in that hallway and the lights start flickering, I guess it like kind of could be considered a little horror-esque because that is terrifying. And the villain in this movie would be, in this case, the rising icy water. Yeah. It wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't be the iceberg because I was just thinking like maybe the iceberg is the villain, but no, the Titanic ran into the iceberg. So the so poor the iceberg was like, hey. Yeah. Although they did say even the crew members said that when the lights would go off, it was freaky. You just have all this water everywhere. Mm -hmm. And then of course, it's the scene where she decides to take a few practice swings. Jack, if you lose a hand, you lose a hand. Yeah, the look on his face is totally like, when she takes the swing at the door and then he tells her to try again and hit the same spot and she gets nowhere near it. I love that look on Leo's face of, I'm gonna die. Well, true. But hey, because this is a movie, he doesn't die and she perfectly hits the chain and they start getting out of there. Well, first they gotta like kiss, like get oh, moving. Yeah. Well, they get out of there in order to eventually get back down there. Oh, that was so obnoxious. Oh, but... Like, I know we're supposed to feel for Jack and Rose, but I think it was all the side characters that made me more sad. Like, mm -hmm. they're leaving the husbands and the dads. Oh, yeah. And I always thought, like, if that was me, like, the third grader was like, if that was my family, my dad can't swim. Oh, no. <laughs> I think they would have allowed him on just because they're like, yeah, you look like a good chap. Right. Come aboard. Actually, let's be honest. I don't know if your dad would have made it because he would have probably been in the boiler room or in the butchery right. or something because he's like, this is cool. I like it down here because he's that kind of guy. I know. He's such a good guy. He just yeah. swims like a rock. Yeah. <laughs> Although, Which is not well. No. <laughs> well, I mean, well for rock standards. Right. Although I will say, I guess in the grand scheme of, I don't know, civilization of all of humanity, like, I kind of feel for just a bunch of white men being discriminated against. And I guess, you know, out of millennia, eh, you can have one, guys. Yeah. Well, there you one bone. We'll make world feel bad for you. There you go. But yeah, this was, this was like the one event where, statistically speaking, it was not a good time mm -hmm. to be a man. But hey. I mean, out of all the times in the world, it's just like, it's you know. It's okay to be a white man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe you guys also, did need to take a turn. how many crew members need to be punched in the face before they start respecting poor people? Oh my gosh, I haven't been keeping track of our head trauma. So Just add 20. Yeah, we have that punch. We have the guy Tommy nails in the face here that <laughs> says, you can't go this way. And just Tommy gives him that quick little. <laughs> Another event that happened was uh, some of the more well-known people on the ship one amongst their numbers was the one of the co-owners of macy department stores mm -hmm. uh was on the titanic him and his wife when the ship is going down oh be and you see the scene of that older heart. couple in bed that was supposed to model after this couple which what happened was they were on the deck 
and they offered for him to get on the boat and he said absolutely not not until the women and children are on and then the wife was on the boat she got off and she said i'm not going to do it so actually the whole love story mm-hmm. of this movie with jack and rose is actually slightly based off of the line the woman says to her husband of as we live together we will also die together and then toxic masculinity toxic toxic masculinity comes into play and cal decides to chase them and they decide to run down instead of sticking around all the people that might possibly be their saving grace they run deep into the boat back where they were here to make themselves more trouble but hey it made it more of an intense situation oh my gosh but that scene of the little kid just screaming and crying in the water it was that was five did you know that yeah Although another moment I was like, like my mother yelling at the screen, stop staring at stuff, run. Like, why do you have to look at it? At this point, the ship is going under here and there's complete panic of all the people. Mm -hmm. There was lifeboats being lowered on top of each other because of the suctioning of the ship, Mm -hmm. pulling those boats closer to itself. So the boats weren't moving away from the ship. So people are panicking everywhere. Marduk, the second mate, he is trying to keep the peace here and in that process tommy unfortunately gets shot because Which somebody is that... disobeying orders and tommy gets bumped forward so he the second mate thinks that tommy's charging him so he shoots him so that's really sad although and, part of me kind of thought maybe it would have been a better way to go yeah that or jack's buddy what's his name again fabrizio fabrizio i thought the way he goes that scene when the smokestack falls all right, let's do that. Let's do that drama counter for that. Yeah, in other words, a lot of folks get head traumaed. But I like in that case, yeah, like what's the best way to go? Like, is it getting shot like Tommy? Is it the second mate, the way you he think goes? Getting smushed by a giant smokestack is a better way I to mean, go? it's an instantaneous death. Like he unfortunately turns around and sees it coming down. But if you didn't see it coming down and you were just hit on the head quick enough and fast enough, Although the scene where the two, the older gentleman and his valet are talking about we're dressed in our best and ready to go down as gentlemen, but I would like a brandy. First of all, white privilege. Second of all, that actually did happen. The poor valet is probably like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, his face was like, oh, are we going to go? No? Okay. Also, the captain is just in shock. Like, seeing everything that's happening, and then a woman was like, Captain, where do I go with her baby? Because the one thing they said, and I think James Cameron did a good job of this, they painted Captain Smith as a hero, but a lot of the testimonies were no. Yeah, because he waved off a lot of the warnings about icebergs. Mm -hmm. But even how he handled the situation, like, he never made an official mayday to the boat. Like, he never sounded the alarm on the boat yeah because he probably wanted to keep things as civil as possible but by doing that mm -hmm. a lot of people weren't taking it seriously which delayed a lot of things yeah and the other thing that got a little delayed here in the actual story in the movie they show the flares going up in the sky as mm -hmm. the ship is going down and there were actually ships they that they were, were just celebrating. Yeah, they thought that they were either just celebrating or one of the ships, I think the California, 
the one boat that was probably close enough where it could have saved a lot more Their people. Ship's not boats. The, the ship that was close enough. Here, the distress call that had gone out didn't reach that boat because earlier that same boat sent the Titanic a message saying, hey, you guys don't go over there. There's a lot of ice there. Mm. And the telegram operator, he actually on record, he told him, shut up. I'm trying to talk to somebody else because he was giving other oh, passenger really? messages priority over taking that message. And because of that, the telegram worker on the other boat was like, oh, screw you. I'm going to bed then. Yeah. And he left his post. So there was actually nobody to receive any because distress they signals. Been, they said that, that that ship, not a boat, all our nautical fans are going to be offended, Kay. Not our nautical fans. Um, but they said that um, that ship could have reached the Titanic in an hour. Yeah. And the only other one was like four hours away. Oh. Also, can I just say, what other profession is supposed to die if something goes wrong? Like going down with the ship as the captain, oh. that's kind of a raw deal. Yeah, that scene, that was actually the last scene that was filmed for this movie. And that scene is so eerie when he's standing there and he's completely submerged by water. When it, the water's actually coming in, that's actually a stuntman there. And you can see the stuntman is nervously kind of like jawing the side. That had to be intimidating I know. as is. Oh, oh my gosh, imagine all actually of those, being I the feel captain like all of in the that situation. Where they're in the water had to have been extremely intimidating. Yeah. And nerve wracking. Oh, we talked about the old couple in bed, but the mother talking the children into bed. Oh, and I know as the song is playing and you see her and earlier that mother had said to her kids like oh it's all right we'll get up there we'll be fine and yeah you can tell there was a moment where she was probably like okay we're not so she was like this is what i have to do for them so she's tucking them in and reading them a story <sighs> oh and what's so heart-wrenching about that is those are true stories mm -hmm. those are moments there are children who were trapped especially in third <sighs> class there were people who could not bear to be apart from their spouses or their loved ones, so they refused and accepted their fate. Mm. Oh, it's And I think looking back at it now, watching it again, and knowing that just from a more mature perspective, I think that's what's... I mean, yeah, you even said Leo and Kate's acting's not the best, and it is one of those fly-by-the-seat-of-your-pants romances where it's just like, would they really have made it after the movie was over kind of deal? But I think just the humanity that surrounds the Titanic mm -hmm. and these true stories and the research and the idea of like when the boat's going under and then like the windows are breaking and the people are getting sucked back in, Oof. how horrifying would that be? Yeah, like... I think in that moment specifically, you knew that if you were still inside the boat, you knew you were dead. Yes, 100%. Oh, and then the ship cracks in half. That had to make a horrible sound. And then like, I wonder if like for a brief moment when it's just kind of bobbing in the water, if they thought, okay, we're safe. We're good. This is fine. Ugh. This is more head trauma, so counter. But... The scene when people are falling off of that huge height, like you, if you went off the side of the boat at that point, like number was, one, going down and hitting parts of the boat. they were 80 feet up in the air? Yeah. If you would hit that water at that, it's like. It's concrete. And the guy like that concrete. bounces off the propeller. Oh. oh. And I also think too, like at that moment, knowing that that was the last bit of safety that you were going to hold on to being on the boat for as long as possible. Because, and then 
Jack with his mansplaining. This is it. No Jack. <laughs> and then also, how is he, all of a sudden he's an expert on sinking ships. Like, we have to kick as fast as we can. The boat's going to try to sink us down with it. You know this from experience? Mm-hmm. I mean, just like physics, but still. Again, what are the odds that they'd find each other in the dark, splashing around in the water? Right. <laughs> of course they would find each other. They had the Jack and Rose radar. You know what it was? Jack! Rose! Jack! They had tons of practice hearing each other's frequencies, <laughs> yelling each other's names. So they were going to be fine. They were going to find each other. It was inevitable. Although, of course, it's the great door debate. Before we talk about the door debate, I just read a little note here. <laughs> From earlier, I said, the other half of the boat is so clingy. <laughs> that is a horrible note. Oh, terrible. It's like you guys broke up. Just let it go. Oh, my God. Oh, my Although you also have a note that he pulled her over person. the railing this time. The other way. Oh, yeah. Symbol. Yeah, she says the line, Jack, this is where we first met. And instead of pulling her back onto the boat, in this case, he was pulling her over, over the, the boat, boat. here. Yeah. But yeah, so we come to the infamous door scene, which that's leading to my note that just says the door. Which, I mean, it's debated over and over again. And the Mythbusters actually did it. They did a replica of the boat, or not the boat, the door. And they figured out how to get on it. And of course, they didn't do it in freezing cold water, but they did the math to say like, being submerged in the water was worse than if you were out of the water. And what was the time? And they did the timing and the math. And they proved that they both could be on the door. Like, the it would have gone under the water a little bit more than just Rose being on it. Mm -hmm. But they both would have been out of the water and they would have survived in theory. And then they tell James Cameron this. And he's like, listen, the script said Jack had to die. He was going down. <laughs> also... I kind of, like, I understand, and you made a good point when we were talking about this when we were watching the movie. The unsinkable Molly Brown was the reason why the lifeboat went back. Yeah. Like, only one boat went back, and she's the one that organized it. In the movie, they didn't let her be that one. And I think the reason why they didn't have her be on the boat, and they showed her having that scene where she was like, what's wrong with all of you? And she was saying, like, we need to go back. And why they didn't have her actually on that boat was because they probably wanted to focus on uh, Kate and Leo's characters mm -hmm. there. And if she was there, yeah, it would have been a little more focused on, like, her heroism. And I feel like the unsinkable Molly Brown, I don't feel too bad that they didn't do this in this movie because I feel like over the last decade, or not decade, century, like everybody knows about her mm -hmm. tales of heroism about heroism. that because heroism, because not only did she do a lot at the time of the sinking, she was helping people onto the boat with the workers. And the last minute as a lifeboat was going down, one of the workers picked her up and put her on the boat. Mm. Um, so she actually was not intending to, to even save herself but she was thrown on a lifeboat here and she wasn't gonna necessarily jump off at that point because nobody was gonna be taking her place but she did think hey we need to go back because yeah. it looks like we have more room on this boat when she was on it so she went on to live an amazing life where she helped out a ton mm -hmm. of other people she like ran for senate she did a bunch of stuff for women's suffrage She's a really cool character, played by the wonderful Kathy Bates. So Kathy Bates. you go, Kathy Bates. <laughs> Although, and again, I don't know if it's just looking at it from a new perspective, when Jack is telling Rose he, she has to survive and make a ton of babies, Jack, Jack, Jack. 
James, <laughs> women do more than just punch out a few kids and make a ton of babies. And you know that, Jack. You know she wants more than that. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. I mean, they also could have kept trying to get on the door. Let's mm-hmm. be real. Like, are you telling me you couldn't have tried to get on the door? Like, nope, we tried it once. All right, we're done. You're gonna freeze. So they said in history that that water was about, they said, like, about 28 degrees Fahrenheit. Here, it would have taken about 15 minutes for people to start dying of hypothermia. Like could have cuddled on the door for the body people, Yeah, the people that were in the water, like, the chances of their survival were very slim here, but even people floating, like, mm-hmm. it was risky. And luckily, they some of them were only floating for about an hour more between the lifeboats coming back. And when the lifeboat is coming back for Rose she's lying there singing that song and that song was the one jack was singing to her during Mm -hmm. the i'm flying scene but there was actually a deleted scene where they were leaving the party where jack was singing that song to her and that's why it is reoccurring but i think that is kind of sweet because jack after when he's talking to her and he's telling her the line about you're gonna have a bunch of babies rose and i'm gonna write a strong worded letter to the white star line like he was dead at that point like when it comes to freezing when you are uncontrollably shivering yeah when you're uncontrollably shivering what happens is your skin is essentially burned at that point your skin is so damaged where it's not going to be able to do its job and because it's not doing its job and your blood flow is going to be affected you're going to start going to organ failure like jack was dead at that Mm. point even if he did survive in that moment he was going to die because there was not enough modern medicine in that day to do anything to reverse that but what i thought was kind of sweet was probably the last thing he heard was her singing that song i didn't think about that because she's looking up at the stars and he probably just fell asleep as he was hearing her sing that which i thought was kind of sweet right i know i'm almost gonna cry too so during the viewing of this i did actually cry so you all know even though i will say that i have gone down to make fun of this movie quite a bit in my days particularly because of a friend that loves this movie to death i loved always torturing him pointing out that it's not as cool as a movie as he thinks but i i'm kind of lying a little bit about that it is a good movie but anyway back to the story so Mr. Fantastic comes back in his boat. <laughs> Although how eerie was it to hear all the shouting and then nothing? Yeah. Oh, gosh. You know, people that survived, they didn't talk as much about the noise as the boat mate. They said what kept them up at night was the sound of screaming. Because imagine with how many people that were on the boat screaming, but when everybody was in the water and there was no more noise from the boat, when it got probably deep enough. Picture that noise of people slowly trickling away. I wonder why people didn't away. start swimming towards the lifeboats. Maybe they couldn't see them. Yeah, it was probably pitch dark out there here, and there was probably so much commotion and movement and water mm-hmm. splashing that it was probably impossible for you to get any sense of direction. But in crisis situations like that, what made me, another thing that made me cry to think about was. This summer we were like in Italy and one of the places we went to was Pompeii Yeah. and other events like 9-11. The thing I always think about in those moments and in Pompeii, I had this striking moment looking at Mount Vesuvius because if you've ever been there, you know that Mount Vesuvius is visible and it's still an active volcano. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still alive. So it could erupt again at any time. But being in that location and looking at that, like I can only imagine not like the ideas going through people's heads but yeah think about the noise 
that mm. of people you hear and animals and just all these things in those moments and although speaking ugh. of animals three dogs survived oh my gosh yeah. there was like only i think nine on board but three of them survived oh the doggies but yeah. that's something that i think james cameron does a great job with this movie is he tells the love story yes but he also shows that horrible moment of desperation and then also shows the hope of the people that survive yeah but oh just those moments that you think of that absolute human suffering, ugh, it just, it hurts your heart to the core. Although, when she finally realizes, okay, I get she had to have that dramatic moment of realizing Jack was gone, mm -hmm. but priorities, Rose, like, come on, and then, I don't know. It's yeah, just how like, long did she spend just going, Jack, Jack, the boat's here, Jack? Yeah, well, go get the boat, yeah. Rose! <laughs> Come on! She was she was saying it as if it was pulling up to her right at that moment, like let's get on the boat. <laughs> she didn't like seal the deal on the whole getting on the boat I thing. Know. She probably should focus on that, I Rose. Know. Although I also like, I distinctly remember this moment from the first time I watched it to now, like that just the thump of her pulling her, her hand out of his frozen hand. This is <laughs> like, oh, I know this is supposed to be heartbreaking, but it's like, <laughs> I'll never let go, Jack. <laughs> And then he just like floats yeah. down. Can I just quickly mention the uh, the line, I'll never let go, Jack, quickly followed by her letting him go. <laughs> I know it's supposed to be symbolic, but I always thought that was kind of funny that I'll never let go, Jack. Let go of me. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, she goes over to the guy who's blowing then, like, the whistle who's dead. And the whistle out of his mouth. Yeah. And she does the tweet, tweet. And luckily they hear and she gets on out of there. Oh, and then, of course, when they were rescued and Cal comes down to look for them and the guy's like, oh, you're not going to find any of your people down here. These are all poor people. Mm -hmm. Come on. And then I guess also, too, I, when they finally made it to New York and it was raining, mm -hmm. um, a little bit of was like Rose is just standing in the rain and like they come up with the umbrella and ask for her name. And that's when she says her name is Rose Dawson. Yeah. But part of me is like, she's officially a bad. She's like, I just survived icy cold water. F you, rain. Yeah. <laughs> I can take it. They end up on the RMS Carpathia, which was the one of the boats that received the distress call, but was unfortunately... It was four hours away. Four hours away here, so it barely just didn't make it in time for a lot of the people that were in the water to survive here. So only out of the about 2,200, a little over, passengers that were on there, and over 1,500 people died and yeah about like 700 survived here what's crazy is the lifeboat capacity could have held half of the passengers here so in that case there was approximately around 300 to 400 people that probably also could, could have survived. survived just because of that fact also too just because of the boats like think of how many people might have been able to survive if there was a boat close enough mm -hmm. that could have started scooping people up out of the water sooner. That's horrible. Although when we finally go back to present day and they're of course like crying and telling the story and then Rose contradicts herself and How's was that? like, I don't need you to save me, Jack. He saved me in every way imaginable. Oh, that's true. Rose! I do like the line that she says about he exists only in my memory. And that's an, I think that's actually a commentary on classism because if you think about it, with Titanic, a lot of the stories that are heard are people that are rich and famous. But when I was looking up, I found a lot of stories about 
immigrants yeah. that yeah. got stuck. And it is kind of refreshing to hear because history is kind of the rich man's story. Mm-hmm. The winners. But it was interesting to hear these specific stories. And I think, especially for the survivors, it's, man, like what a testament to human power. Because not only did they come from like a struggling life, but they survived this and they ended up persevering and had families here mm-hmm. in the Americas or families ended up going elsewhere. That It's kind of amazing that it doesn't matter where you are. Like there's always a chance for success and survival. Also though, Rose and her railings. Yep, she gets back up on that railing. Which, you know what? I'm sorry. The Mythbusters need to have like done the myth of whether or not that diamond would have stayed in her freaking pocket the whole time. Right. I don't think it would have worked out. You know, we talked a lot about everything that was in the movie, but you showed this to me even before we started the podcast, the deleted scenes, especially the alternate ending. (laughs) Yeah, James Cameron had a lot of deleted scenes in this movie, Mm -hmm. but the best one was when he revealed later i think it's when it was coming back out into theaters here for the 3d i think it was supposed to be a centennial event for the actual wreck of the titanic yeah because that was 2012 then so the deleted scene that came out that was wonderful is yeah like you said it's Uh the uh alternate ending you have to look it up if you've not seen this scene it's on youtube i'll put a link up on twitter uh so you all if you haven't seen it you've got to but it consists of the scene where Rose is walking out onto the deck and getting up onto the railing. But before that, it didn't show what everybody else was doing at the time. Here there was a party going on the deck and there's this awkward scene between Rose's granddaughter and Bill Paxton. And that's when he says, you know, I never really got it. Listen, you were just a cog in the machine and you're still a Move on, Brock. So it pans back to Rose walking out on the deck. And when she's up there, Bill Paxton and her granddaughter see her standing up on the railing. And they're like, oh my gosh. And that's the enthusiasm that they have. So they run down there to stop her. And she's like, don't come any closer. And she exposes the heart of the ocean. She's holding it over there. Which Nana Rose went rogue. <laughs> so everybody ends up coming to the end of the boat, including Beard Dude with the smiley face. I don't face. even care what his name is. I don't like him. He, they're all standing there trying to convince her to get down. And she was like, it's not really that important. And Bill Paxton's like, wait, before you do it, can I just touch it? And she allows him to touch it. And when he puts it in his hand, he has the mo- most orgasmic looking face <laughs> ever. And he's just like, Ehh. he's groping her jewels. And she's going to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to take it away from him. And he's kind of like holding onto it tight. And she gives him a look saying, you promise you'd let me do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay. And she tosses it in. She makes the same noise she makes the when she tosses it in the theatrical version. But when she does, Bill Paxton does this lunge forward like, no. But he doesn't say anything. But the bearded dude <laughs> runs to the edge. He's like, geez, no. After you see it land in the water, it goes back to him. He looks at her and says, that really sucks, lady. <laughs> Best line in the movie. Oh, that... I wonder if they would have gotten all their Oscars and oh. awards if that scene was still Yeah, there would have been a new Academy Award category Whoever for Best Line. Whoever was there to help James Cameron edit this movie, you are a true saint. You are indeed. Because we almost got the season finale of Game of Thrones. <laughs> and that scene also ends with the most awkwardness ever. 
Bill Paxton just starts a maniacal laugh and he's pointing at the bearded dude like, <laughs> and the bearded dude is like, dude, you're losing it and just kind of walks away. And it's just, it's this weird pan out shot over top of Bill Paxton just laughing. Yeah, no. it's really weird. But look it up. It's hilarious. You gotta see it. Alternate realities. And then, of course, you see all the pictures and she does everything. Yeah. A lot of those things were things that Jack pointed out, like the roller coaster, Mm -hmm. doing all those other adventurous things. the horse like a man. Yeah. She... So uh, the theory is, does she die on the ship? I think it's implied that she does here because... Her throwing the diamond over the spot where it sank, I thought was incredibly symbolic. But also, her dying say, right there yeah. and returning to the ship, because that's the cool thing about the Titanic is it's still there. And like you said earlier, I like that statement that you said that it is still on its maiden voyage. Yeah. I think that's incredibly poetic if she did die there. But also, I, I had this thought with like what they were doing, but then also too like even to go where the wreck is like how eerie is it to know that a couple miles under the sea that grave is there Mm -hmm. that where you're at on that surface thousands of people have died yeah they don't really address that i think in the movie like she gets emotional seeing her things but wouldn't just being in that spot in the ocean be extremely emotional or does she feel like i mean i guess if we go with the idea that she died it's like no, I need to go back there so I can be with him. Yeah. And they're all standing there and Cora's there. And I, I believe in that sort of thing where places like have this energy. I don't know if it's necessarily ghosts, mm-hmm. but I feel like places have that energy of those people who were once there. And yeah, that scene. Well, I think it's the same repeating thing with at the like stairwell Pearl with, Harbor oh. with the ship. Yeah. Like you can the see Arizona. it. Do you know there's a, they have this theory that like there's oil leaking out of the Arizona. So there's oil that comes out, just like these little drops float up. Yeah. And they say that the oil will run out when the last survivor leaves the earth. Oh, wow. But it just, how eerie is it? Like you said, like being in Pompeii to like be standing. Yeah, standing in those haunting places, which we've been in New York. Yeah. We've been a ground zero area and it's it's powerful. Yeah, wow. We've, we've been to Pompeii. We've been to ground zero I think this is going to lead up into our what our fight is about here. But like, I don't know. I'm, I might toss that into my argument. But So does that mean Rose spends eternity on Titanic? Who knows? Maybe. Like, it was her heaven, basically, when she was freed by Jack. Well, yeah, he did it. And, I don't know. Mixed yeah, feminism. I love that, that ending and that music with the little pan flute. And oh, mm-hmm. so good. And then it goes in the end credits with good old Celine. I I hate that song. Every time I saw you. I can't hit the stop I button. I'm sorry, you, folks. I need you. Oh my gosh. I had that song on repeat every day of my life. Oh, Celine. I love you. Yeah. Did you know Celine Dion? She was a nobody until Tell that, that song. <laughs> Which James Cameron, he actually, for the music or this movie, he wanted to get Enya and did you notice the music actually is Enya-esque? And that's because James Horner, the guy who did end up doing the music, James Cameron's note to him was, hey, can you make it sound like Enya? He literally Just was like, all right, um, well, this is Enya's song. I'm going to, yeah, change one note. And there you go. Boop. <laughs> As <laughs> you wish. sampling. But yeah, they used that song and oh, it hits my heart. 
in my heart will, will go, your on. Heart go on it will go on my heart will go on and on so thank you all if you're all still there no that was a long peanut gallery that was almost the length of the movie here so i have to apologize we apologize for nothing so e before we go into our next segment you want to go over some of the responses on twitter and instagram here sure all right, so these are over the movie The Dark Crystal, which was episode nine. So one of our first questions we put up was, what is your favorite scene from The Dark Crystal? On Instagram, we had So Wizard Podcast. You'll like this, E. Okay. So Wizard Podcast, which is an awesome podcast, by the way, said the end credits because it meant I could stop watching it. Oh, snap. We also had All Bundy Nader said when Jen meets Fizz King. That is a great, great mm -hmm. scene. It's so cute. On Twitter, the Idiots. That's a funny name. I like that. The Idiots? <laughs> yeah, that's the name of the nice. Twitter account. That's great. They said, as a child, I recall wanting a Landstrider after we see the Kira and Jen riding them. The Crack Bunnies! This was short-lived, though, because as an adult, I'm still dealing with the trauma of watching those evil beetle creatures devouring the Landstriders later in the film. Yeah. Well, I was kind of okay with it since they terrified me themselves. But yeah, I guess I guess that would take some therapy, much like Artax's Sinking in the Swamp of Sadness. Brandon Shea Mutella said, Our introduction to Ogre, she's one of the best characters ever created in cinema. Wow, strong statement. Mm. Some of her lines are priceless gems. My personal favorite is when she struggles to squat down after dumping the shards on the floor. That grunting sound she makes is just perfect. Yeah, good work by Frank Oz right there. Mm -hmm. I don't think I mentioned that episode, but I wrote a note when we were watching it about that scene when she does squat down. I think said she looked like she was going to the bathroom. Yeah, I, I thought that was her like taking a dump. Our next question is, who is your favorite character, Muppet from the Dark Crystal? On Instagram, we had Andre Moliarty said, my favorite is that little dog thing. It's a furball with a huge mouth. Mm -hmm. Harley Boys 5353 said Deet and Fizzkig. Well, Deet's from the Netflix series, but we'll count it. She's a great character. Our next question was, how do you rate this film? So Wizard Podcast came back with a zero out of five, said it's boring, confusing, and felt like it was 12 hours long. Amen. On Twitter, the poll I put up had a response of 58% people saying they loved it, 8% saying they hated it, 17 saying it's okay, and 17 saying never seen it. Mm. So those lucky sons of guns. Cash Grab Cinema said, haven't watched the Netflix reimagining yet, but the original was and is amazing. Next question is, who is the actual hero of the Dark Crystal? On Instagram, Erica, it's like Erica, but very interesting spelling, like it, said B, which was Kira, Okay. And put next to it, Jen kept messing up. Yep, that is correct. Very true. Worthless. Mouse and Ween said A, Jen. Incorrect answer. Sorry. Magical Ebony Unicorn said B, the self-sacrifice fire. Gemma Watson, 1808, said Kira. Sarah Mae G said Deet, which wasn't one of the options, but like your enthusiasm. And Harley Boys came back in with Fizzkig. Fizzkick is the best. He is so cute. Nobody wanted to give any love to the Mystics and their contribution, though. So sorry, Mystics. 
-hmm. on Twitter, we had a poll. 50% of people said Kira, and then the other 50% said Fizzgig. So no love for the Mystics, and thankfully no extra love for Jen, because screw him. Our last question was, what are your thoughts on the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance on Netflix? On Twitter, our poll was 100% of the people that voted said they loved it. Sam City 8 said loved it, but too much CGI, which CGI was beautiful in it, but for a movie that away? is about puppets and practical effects, yeah, it kind of messed with me a little bit. I did really like the series, but I've heard of a lot of people that weren't as big of fans of it here, and I understand where they're coming from. People that have either watched the original movie or not have said that they weren't fans of it, but to each their own. That's what's great about this world. Oh yeah, on Facebook, we had a response from my friend Jared. Said, not bad, not bad at all. I give it four stars. So four stars out of four, four stars out of 10, we may never know. But thanks, Jared, for responding. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So thank you all for responding on Twitter and Instagram. For this week's responses, please head back over and let us know what you think about the movie Titanic. Yes. All right, E, are you ready to head into our next segment? Yeah, are we fighting? Yeah, we're fighting uh, yeah. in our segment, I Hate It When They Fight. All right, before we fight this week, E, what do you say we go over the responses from last week's poll? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling strong about this one. I feel like the, in the universe knows it's the dying emperor. All right, so our question last week was, what is the most terrifying Muppet in the Dark Crystal? Was it Kay's irrational fear of the crack bunnies, a.k.a. the Landstriders? Or is it my pick, the dying, croaking emperor that dissolves? All right, let's go over the response here. And the winner is... Ha! With 67% of the vote, <laughs> the dying emperor, which was E. Awesome. No, you no I did. Oh no, I lost Give the belt. Give it back. Give it back. Give me back my belt. Oh man. Da, 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 da. I feel Is so that copyrighted? I don't know what that was from. So oh, perfect. Nobody knows. Yeah. I feel so naked. Awesome. Well, maybe I like you naked. Ayo. Ayo. But this week we are debating a little bit different um take on it we're not necessarily debating something from the movie but something that is going to be a reality in about what 2022 so, so 2022 years no or the, the year 2022 the year 2022 okay. stop don't do that <laughs> in 2012 an australian billionaire announced his plans to create the titanic 2 a near exact replica of the ship now, there's some upgrades to it. There's another deck being added, so there's more lifeboats. There are going to be enough lifeboats to get everybody on the ship. They do have all the up-to-date sonar and radar, but overall, the ship is being created to look exactly like the original, and the experience is when you come on the ship, you can do first class, second class, or third class tickets. There's supposedly going to be no Wi-Fi or TV on the boat on this, the ship this is feeling like an ad for it here well you know maybe they can cut <laughs> are we getting in, paid by that australian right? so they just finished construction and in the year 2022 so tickets are not on sale yet they plan on going from dubai i think to somewhere in france but then they go to ireland and then from ireland no they, they're going to england england no they go from ireland because they take the exact route 
that the Titanic took, the Titanic won the original Titanic. So they're going back to Belfast first? Yeah. Where they, it was built? Yeah, they're taking, they're going the exact route that it took. Oh, okay. To go to New York. So our debate is would you book Passage on the Titanic 2? Mm. Mm. Would you now? I would not. All right. So he's going to get 30 seconds to state her case and go. I would not book Passage on the Titanic 2 for several reasons. One of which, it's just bad juju. I mean, you are tempting fate. They named the boat Titanic 2. They're going on the same exact route. I know there's better sonar, but I just think you are toying with some juju that you don't want to get involved with. Number two... The price of the original first class ticket was astronomical. I am not sleeping in steerage at this day and age. I'm not sharing a bunk with four other people. So we would be in third class. And when the ship does go down, we're totally toast. Did I just curse an entire ship? No, it's already cursed. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? And go. I'm going with the stance of, sure, I would take a ride on Titanic too. Why the heck not? Because it sounds like, you know what this ride is? It's Swiss cheese with a lot less holes on it. <laughs> There's a lot more safety regulations in line here in this case. And as being somebody who enjoys history, and especially for anybody out there who is super into history, talk about an amazing opportunity to live on this boat here during a time of cruise and get to see what it was like living in that day and enjoying that time without that. Mm. All right. Two minutes on the clock. All right. All right. Ready? Two minutes. Let's get it on. Okay, but we're talking to book passage on that. And the original tickets in 1912 for first class were $4,000. So can you only imagine how much this is going to cost? Because they're giving you costumes when you get on the ship. What, like 80000 I have that in my pocket oh, right now. false. <laughs> we would not be in first class. And you want to go on its first voyage? I'm sorry. I want it to be like broken in first hey, before I'm all about, I go on it. I'm all about roughing Don't it. Don't you feel like you're tempting fate? Yeah, it's that's the thrill of it a little bit. And aren't sailors like super superstitious? They, like red sky light brings sailors to, I don't know, there was some poem. Like sailors are super They might be superstitious, but you know what they are? They're also more trained today and they have more things to actually look out for the icebergs that they might not be able to see. So something tells me the chances of them running into an iceberg are going to be Correct. significantly smaller. Correct. I do agree with you on that, but you don't think something else could happen yeah something could go wrong with any cruise like Which you're exactly. I don't taking a cruise to the caribbean and you can deck. fly into the bermuda triangle and disappear sure 100%. but this is Tempting an opportunity fate. to do something rustic get to see but don't you how they to live like it's almost first a voyage hundred, and well, like, 100 years ago get that out of the way first you can also go to like hale farm and village or something like that and experience it there well i think in general as much as i would like to be on the maiden voyage here think about how many historians specifically would want to be on this first trip because and when the boat goes it's going down. on the same exact path that it went That's well it was supposed eerie. to go it's on on the I original trip just, so think about how cool that would be but sure you had to be okay with certain things like especially if you're in steers you have to be okay with not having that many bathrooms with not right? having internet access but, I but just, that's okay they no. didn't have internet access because they were too busy having a fun time dancing and in third class drowning we probably had like three seconds left there where we just stopped ourselves we just stared at the clock all right do i go with my 10 second rebuttal no you have 10 yeah seconds. i have 10 okay. seconds to rebuttal here so all right let me right. know it's it and you're off it's gonna be a historic 
educational experience of a lifetime and picture how interesting and neat it would be to be going on that same voyage that they did 100 years ago. All right, I have five seconds. Hmm? You're tempting fate, too much bad juju. There's a lot of other historical things that do not cause mass tragedies that you could do now. Is that? <laughs> I want at least one example. <laughs> you can go to reenactments. You can go to the Titanic Museum. I just, I just yeah, feel Yeah, you like... could go to the Titanic Museum or you could be on the actual Titanic too. Do you think Celine Dion would be <laughs> the oh entertainment gosh. for that? Okay, now, I just think, like, that maiden voyage, no, thank you. It would be, like I said in the movie, when they go and dive, and, like, you're in the spot where the boat went down, isn't that just too eerie? Well, we ran out of time to argue here, so we want to hear what you think. We want to hear if you can tell us who you think was right and who should win the I'm Always Right belt. Hopefully the universe knows you don't mess with Juju, bad Juju. So please respond to our poll on Twitter at WSW Watch Podcast, or you can go to Facebook or Instagram at What Should We Watch Podcast, and let us know what you think. Okay, let's let's move on. Let me let me uh, assert my dominance in the trivia. Ooh. All right, now we're on to our quiz section. Where are you paying attention? So it was my pick, Kay. Are you ready? The third grader in me is super ready for this. Well, guess what? Because you went off movie last time. I went off movie this time. Oh, snap. All right. So question number one. Mm -hmm. What was the name of the movie during production? Iceberg, Planet Ice, or The Heart of the Ocean? Oh. Ask me about Jim Henson stuff. I'm going to break apart your question. You put ice something in there twice. So something tells me. That that might have something to do. Or with I it. know how you take quizzes. Part of the ocean would be too easy, so I'm scratching that one out. Or I know that's what you would think, because I know how you take tests. What was the second one? Planet ice. Planet ice. And then iceberg. I'm gonna say iceberg because you had to look at planet ice. That's because it was the correct answer. Planet ice. <laughs> planet ice is oh. the working title. Okay, which costs more to make in the end, the movie or the ship? The movie. The movie. Can you tell me how much the movie cost to make? It cost approximately, can I do it like an approximately, mm -hmm. like Price is Right, if yeah. I go over? <laughs> yeah, okay, we'll see how close you get. Okay, I'm going to say $400 million. Uh, uh, uh. $200 million. $200 million. Do you know how much the ship cost? Let's say pre-inflation. $100 million? Uh, uh. 7.5 million and then with inflation. Why was I going, uh, uh, oh. you're putting that silent. Yeah. <laughs> it was 180 million with inflation. Okay. True or false? James Cameron made the most money he's ever made in his career off of Titanic. False, because he lost a ton of money making this movie. He had to throw a ton of his own personal money. So how much did he make? How much did he make? Oh, jeez. Mm -hmm. These are a lot of numbers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's false, but I'll give you a bonus if you can tell me how much he made. How much he made off this movie? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna say ten million, a hundred million. Zero. He made no money off he this movie. He claims he's made no money off the film because he gave up his salary when they went over budget. Yeah, he claims to this day he's not made a single dime off this movie. Hashtag Avatar money. All right. Mm -hmm. What was Cal's occupation? He was a businessman. Nope. You need to be more specific. I have a business proposition for you. He is one that makes business propositions. More specific. Although they were in the Atlantic. 
<laughs> More Indian. <laughs> was he a banker? Nope. A real estate mogul? Nope. We get one more guess. A party clown. Exactly not right. He was an oil tycoon. Oil tycoon. Yeah. Oh, I love that game. Okay, where was Jack from? Where was he originally from? Mm -hmm. Shoot, I think it was one of the states that starts with a Y. Not a Y. Oh, yeah, no. Not <laughs> the a Y. Yukon. <laughs> no, he was from... Are there any states that start with a Y? That start with a W. Yes. That's what w. I meant to say. Mm -hmm. Wisconsin? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where? Where? Oh, I have no idea. He said the name. I know he mentioned a lake. Which, fun fact, that lake actually wasn't made until... It's a man-made yeah. lake. It wasn't made until after Titanic. Oops. So Jack really is a time traveler. I have no idea. Chippewa Falls. All right. Going out to all our friends out in Chippewa Falls. Whoop, whoop. So after their dinner, mm -hmm. where Jack was in first class, he slips a note into Rose's hand. What did the note say? On the note, it said grocery list. Eggs, no. bread. Quit stalling. It said meet me at the staircase. Nope. Two sentences. It was something along those lines. Yeah. The second sentence. Yeah, well, no, not no. But do you give up? Yeah, I give up. Make it count. Meet me at the clock. Meet me at the clock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. When Rose is reunited with Jack on the ship, what time is on the clock? Reunited during which end. scene? At, at the, the end. end. The very end when she goes back. What time is on the clock? Oh. Mm hmm. It's probably the time the ship actually sank. So what time was that? So it is the time that it actually mm -hmm. sank. Because that would be kind of neat that they did that. It was two something. Mm -hmm. 231? 220. 220. Mm -hmm. Ah. So close. What did the note that Rose left Cal say? It said, now you can keep us both locked in a safe. Close. Darling, now you can keep us both locked in. Yeah. Um, and then what, so how much does Cal say to pay Jack when he saves Rose when they first met? They said, shouldn't you give the boy something? How much was the going rate of his fiance's life? $40? Nope. Not that much. $10? $20? Yes. Last question. What does Nana Rose call the Titanic? The Ship of Dreams. Yeah. Not bad. You were all... No, that was pretty bad. That was. That was pretty bad for me. <laughs> I'm kind of ashamed. I could have done so like, much better. I was taking special notes The third grader in me was like, you don't remember. How could you not remember? I exist only in your memory. Please bring me forth. Call me forward into your consciousness. Okay, so I need to apparently talk Kay down off the ledge that he's on in his brain. On the railing. On the railing. Off Rose and her railings. All right. Well, that about does it for this edition. If you stayed with us the whole time, thanks for never letting go. See what I did there? Oh, I see what you did yeah. there. Oh, um, but... So it is time for our review section. So E, since it was your pick, what would be mm. your review for Titanic? I would say looking at it now, I think I appreciate it more just because I'm older and wiser and more mature. It's less about the love story so much as the humanity surrounding the ship mm -hmm. and those people on it. 
So I would say it's a heart-wrenching portrayal of a tragic event in history with some teenage romance and boobies slapped on top. Nice. Okay, so my review of this movie is, like I said earlier, I've gone down to be a hard critic on this movie here, but especially watching it now and all the times that I've seen it, it was a huge blockbuster. Mm -hmm. And James Cameron did an amazing job of telling the story of this historical event in such a way where it was entertaining and it would catch audiences from all sort of different demographics and ages. So I have to compliment him on that. And I think the movie is deserving of all the Academy Awards that it won. That mm -hmm. it won. That it, it won very well. So you know what I have to say about this movie? What? Is that it's the king of the world! Oh boy, you were saving that one, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Alrighty. In my heart. You know what, will it go on? Because I don't want it to keep going on. Not your heart. Your heart can go on, but the woo-woo-woos, no. No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa All whoa, right. Whoa. So now, okay, it's your turn. What should we watch? Before I give my reveal for what we should watch for our next film. Quit stalling. We wanted to, <laughs> we wanted to tell everyone about uh, our next episode that should be coming up before our next movie we're sitting down that episode so this next <laughs> this one's gonna be more like a bonus episode he doesn't know exactly what movie to pick so yeah i'm trying to stalling <laughs> no i know exactly but what no I'm it's pick. it's true we are doing a bonus episode because this is our 10th episode Woo! that's awesome we've come so far we started this podcast with an idea of just discussing Mm -hmm. the movies that we watch and kind of doing what we typically do after watching a movie anyway and throwing it onto a audio medium here for you all to enjoy well hopefully enjoy right. hopefully everyone listening is enjoying especially these episodes that last two days long mm -hmm. check out our next episode i believe i'll entitle it something like 10 and a half because oh, nice it's just gonna be kind of talking about what we've done so far and discussing the movies that we've looked at yeah. and comparing them to each other. So it's I'm hoping I'm hoping you all will tune into that. It should be a lot of fun. But the next movie that we should watch. What should we watch? Since we're coming into the spooky month of October, we're going to sit down and watch the 80s classic. Who you going to call? I um I could call my mom. It's been a while since I talked to her. So we're going to watch the movie. Call my mom. It's been a while since I talked to her. Join us next time. We are going to, in fact, watch the movie Ghostbusters. <laughs> we did change it a little bit. <laughs> so we don't get copyright straight yet. So join us all next time when we first take a quick look at ourselves and then we will after that in episode 11 jump into ghostbusters another 80s classic nice so make sure in the meantime to join us on twitter at wsw watch podcast you ain't good at that thanks it's been a struggle and also check out our facebook and instagram accounts at what should we watch podcast don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Spread the word, spread the love, spread our pod. Just spread them. <laughs> okay, I know. <laughs> yeah, I got a little bit too intense too fast. Uh -huh. But thank you all for sticking with us through this long episode. We love you all. We'll talk to y'all next time.